Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the gospel according to Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 13 if you would like to follow along in your pew bible or in your bulletin insert or if you're at home in a bible of your own choosing. So let us listen now to God's holy word as it comes to us this day. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it would all be yours." Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. There are a few things I think we should note in our reading for this day before we get into it. First is that we do see Jesus encountering what Luke calls the devil. But not the devil in the way I think we often think about uh, what a devil should look like. For in this context, the devil is the one who is acting as an accuser or a, or a slanderer. And in Greek, this often refers to a more minor spirit or a spirit of sorts. Second is that the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness run parallel with another story that maybe sounds familiar from the book of Genesis having to do with Adam and Eve as they were both presented with similar obstacles, of course, with very different outcomes. 
Third is that the temptations that Jesus experienced, though they happen in an extraordinary way, are not that extraordinary. These trials that Jesus experienced are trials that we still encounter on a daily basis. The same struggles that Adam faced are, and the ones that Jesus faced are ones that we still wrestle with today, that still tempt us today. At the core, I think we find that there are temptations regarding fulfillment. What does fulfillment look like in our lives? Temptations around power and who has power and why do we need power? And temptations surrounding identity. And all these things shape us, will impact us, and how we view our walk with God and one another. So let's, for a moment on this day, take a look at the three temptations that the tempter presents to Jesus in the wilderness. The first temptation, I think, is, seems a little self-explanatory. The one where Jesus, after having fasted for 40 days, is invited by the tempter, invited by the devil to simply turn a stone into a nice loaf of bread. Now I can fill in the blank what type of loaf I would prefer. I'm sure you could fill in what type of loaf you would prefer. But the temptation is pretty clear, that if you are the Son of God, if you, are, if you are who you say you are, then turn this stone into bread. This first temptation deals with our understanding of fulfillment and what fulfillment looks like. Where do we turn to in our lives, or what do we turn to when our souls are longing for something? It reminds me of that lovely line from the Bill Weathers song that goes, lean on me when you're not strong. When you're not strong, where is it you go? Where do you go when you find you are not strong? To lean on someone or something is to fill our souls with what it is we are surrounding ourselves with. To fill our souls with what they are longing for. The parallel we find with Adam and Jesus' temptation is that they are told they should eat their fill of food that is forbidden. They should eat what is forbidden because it's what they're looking for or what they think they're looking for. So often we find we are not lacking what we think we are in terms of what our hearts are desiring. Because God is meandering along with us through the twists and turns of life, making sure that we have what we need. And is asking us to, to fill or to be consciously aware of what we are filling our souls with. That instead of filling ourselves with bread or with material things or shallow things, we should learn to trust and fill ourselves with the Spirit of God that continues to guide us. As Jesus says later on in Luke 12, 15, life is more than an abundance of possessions. In helping us to focus on what it is we should fill our lives with, 
Jesus resists the tempter's offer and hence turns around the course of events put in place by Adam. In the second temptation of Jesus, we hear the devil, the tempter, bringing Jesus to this place and showing him all the kingdoms of the earth and promises Jesus to give all glory and authority over to him if Jesus simply worships the tempter. In this fear of our understanding of our lives, it raises this question of power. And what is it about power that drives good people to do bad things and bad people to do even worse things? In this parallel of Adam and Jesus, Jesus is tempted as well by the serpent. In the same way, we are tempted. Don't you want to become more like God? Don't you? Don't you want to become more like God? Jesus is asked the same question by the tempter. If he would like the power of the world, the powers of the world, only at the low, low cost of worshiping the evil one. Power certainly is a temptation. And when we give in to this temptation, whether through how we use our words, our deeds, or thoughts, part of what we are saying is that we can't trust in that moment. We can't trust that following God will lead us to the place we need to go. Which is hard. Because from the beginning, in many ways, we were closest to becoming like God from the beginning. Where God, from the beginning, instilled in us, created us in the image, the likeness of God, so that we might grow into a deeper communion, a deeper relationship with God that goes deeper and deeper each day. But we struggle to let go of our desire for power, to be able to control parts of our lives we were never meant to control. And unlike Jesus, who was able to resist the tempter, we have days where we come out on top and days where we need to turn instead to find grace and forgiveness. How does this temptation play out in our lives today? Which leads us to the third temptation of Jesus, which is, I think, one of the most important ones for us today, which is where the tempter takes Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem, this high, high point, and tells Jesus, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, and the angels of God will protect you. The question of identity persists throughout these temptations and throughout much of Scripture. Identity, who we say we are, who we say God is, is important. Jesus himself will later ask his disciples, who do you say 
I am. Each day we face challenges regarding our identity, and each day we are given a chance to see if we will respond in a way that aligns in the faith and trust of God. Here, once again, we find our parallel in Adam, who wasn't sure about his own identity and desiring to affirm his self-worth eats of the forbidden fruit. Similarly, we find the tempter questioning Jesus, almost in this mocking way, in this way where the tempter is making Jesus doubt who he is. Almost saying, I don't really believe that you're the son of God. And I think you're not quite sure if you really are the son of God. So why don't we put it to the test? Why don't you prove who you say you are? And why don't you prove to yourself who you say you are by throwing yourself off the top of this tower? Who do you say you are? when presented with this question of identity, one that has been building up to this point. Because answering this question of identity will help grant us the clarity we need in terms of viewing our role as people created in God's beloved image. Who do you say you are? This question of identity, this build-up to identity and the temptations of Jesus we find here this morning, reminds me of a, a simple science experiment you could do at home that has to do with mirrors. So I think if you have a mirror in your house, you're pretty safe uh, in terms of doing this. But you know, if you hold up, uh, if you cut out an arrow, I don't know what shape these fingers are cutting, imagine it's an arrow, and you hold that arrow up in front of the mirror, if I have the arrow pointing this way, it's gonna point that way in the mirror. If I hold it up, it's gonna point up. If I hold it this way, it's gonna point that way. If I hold it down, it's gonna point down. But now if I wrote on a piece of paper saying, I am a child of God and held that up into the mirror, is it gonna say that? <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a no, Marianne. <laughs> no, it's not. In order to have it say what I wanted to say, I have to write it backwards on, a, on, a piece of, on, on the piece of paper, and that is something I have to really commit time to thinking about. Our Lenten journey this year is a reminder that there are some universal things in this world that are certain, that line up with the arrows going up, down, left, right, but there are some things, though, that require our attention, that require a little more work, a little, self a little more self-conscious thought on our part as being people created in the image of God, which is why we just can't write it out on a piece of paper, hold it up to a mirror, and have it say what we want it to say. We have to put thought into crafting out who we are, so that when we hold it up and see the reflection, it matches up with who we say we are. This season of Lent, let us remember how it is God came into the world to dwell in our midst, to bridge 
the broken places in our world and lives. The Lenten season, we have the opportunity to explore what it means to be people who are spiritual, people who follow our faith, people who are interested in cultivating a new life within ourselves and within others as we connect with the life-giving promises of God. We can seek out the Spirit of God, which fills us with good things. We can trust God who continues to reveal that power for power's sake leads to nothing but despair and separation from the divine. And we can find security and comfort in our identity as the people of God, from which nothing on this earth can rend or take away from us. This Lenten season, as we embark on our own wilderness journey, let our weary bodies and our weary hearts find comfort in following in the footsteps of Jesus, who paved the way before us. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.